Hi guys, I'm Deputy Editor Britt Smith and welcome to One on One, a podcast where we feature open, dynamic conversations with your favorite men's journal personalities. For our July-August issue, contributor Eric Hendricks met with Jason Momoa at his interim Toronto residence. The two spoke about Momoa's expanding Harley-Davidson collection that spans the early 1900s to modern-day electric models, producing documentary passion projects, and why filmmaking is the ultimate form of art for the actor, all while feasting on tomahawk ribeyes, of course. The actor's influx of new projects is in stark contrast to leaner days. He said, when that door began to slowly open, I kicked it in and brought all my friends with me. Listen to the rest of the interview and read the feature story online at mensjournal.com. C1 released in November 2019, and that's like pre-pandemic, but this is a show about basically like a viral pandemic took over the world and wiped out like 98, 99% yeah. of the planet. and. And then, you know, and so, and then here we are, you know, like six months later after the movie comes out and we get, if we're a global viral pandemic, did that freak you out? It, it, it did, but it also, um, you know, we started, it would have been helpful in the first season because we don't have that many people in it. But then when we came into the city, I'm coming into Trivantes, this place to get my daughter back and we needed to have a lot of people. So we were coming to our first city. So the first episode's like, wow, you can never pull this off without a pandemic and now we have to like digitally put extras in everywhere because it's we just can't uh, which I'm interested to see just on every show mm-hmm. how hard it is because you can only have like 10 people around or 6 people on frame or 3 people it keeps adjusting because right. you can't have a bunch of people on set yeah. so um, it's been it's been interesting watching I mean everyone's you know we get tested every 2-3 days so okay. everyone's got to be on it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's yeah. you know, thousands and thousands of jobs and income shut down a whole production just because of... Oh, yeah, it costs a fortune. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It costs a fortune just to make it, so... And yeah. C2's a wrap. C2's a wrap. We reshot a scene from the first episode, and it was literally a year before that, so it's been a full year. People oh, have had, okay. you know, my friends have had two birthdays on season two. Yeah. So they've like literally had a birthday when we started. Because you had this long pause because the pandemic. Yeah. Thing and- yeah. And then coming back in. Yeah, I mean, there's a solid like six month pause, I think. Which was beautiful too to just go home. I mean, for us to be able to be home is right. so rare now. But now I'm completely locked here. You've been spotted around town now filming uh, Slumberland. Yes. Yeah. And you play a this sort of eccentric. Uh, it looks like you're wearing like almost like Jimi Hendrix or Prince clothes, but, you have, but you have horns. Dude, it's like my spirit animal. My one of my favorite directors of all time, Francis Lawrence, who directed C episode one, two, and three, and he's the reason why I was hired to play Baba Voss. And uh, he's from Hunger Games. Yeah. yeah. So Francis, we met, fell in love. He's uh, so he's directing. He after season one, he's like, bro, I've got this awesome kid story. It's amazing. He'd be perfect for the role. It's a comedy. I was like, oh, great. He's like, yeah, I want you to play the role. Would you look at it? I look at it. I'm blown away that he even thinks of me. I've never done a comedy. He doesn't, you know, like, and I, and I got really, really nervous before this job because I haven't done that. It's a very complex character. It's probably the most dialogue I've ever had. And it's the most, just all the most zaniest, crazy characters that I love just put in one ball. Like, I'm ex- so excited for the world to see Slumberland because it's for, you know, it's for grandparents, for the kids, it's for, you know, parents, it's going to make you cry. It's a beautiful world. And it's just, it's sad, but you're going to laugh and laugh. And it's just, uh, 
I'm pumped because it's Netflix's big like four temple like just it's a huge um, not just an action piece you know it's a yeah. big big heartfelt movie. movie yeah and this is based it's um, based on a comic strip by Winsor McKay um, from uh, it was uh, it was around the early 1900s centered around a boy named Nemo and his fantastic dreams and adventures and so that was sort of like the the spark that, that created this movie it's based around a little girl now but um, it's about her. It's she's going into her dreams to uh, to reunite with someone that she loves very much, and she comes across my character, who is very much this heartful dodger, uh, you know, just rascal Peter Pan esque kind of like he's just one of those cats that are he can do whatever he wants to in Slumberland. He yeah. gets away with it and all the fun, but he just want to grow up kind of thing, you know. And and then you find out that. Uh, who he really is and that's what you know the twist is and and how they go on this big adventure to get these this this thing that they need to get to uh to to, to fulfill their dreams and so it's just, it's a it's a really beautiful journey can't wait this little kid and the kid is amazing her name is marlo barclay barclay and she is just gonna be the biggest thing and um, I've never had a chance to work with a, you know, a 12-year-old. And um, it's crazy. I just have to act like a 10-year-old all day. I have to beat her and, like, the energy that it takes to – I don't know how those guys have so much energy. But, but uh, all day long just trying to be as goofy and silly and weird as fun. And it's interesting, this juxtaposition that you see, like, you have this character, like, in C, where you're, like, I mean, quite barbaric. Um, bro, just brutally like just trying to keep my family, people keeping your family, and then versus this other yeah. fantastical, whimsical character that we'll see. Yeah, um, my yeah, my nervous system's like, what the fuck's going on, bro? <laughs> I'm all over the place. It's it was uh, it was my team, so like uh, from makeup and hair and wardrobe things like that, uh, stunt team. They kind of go everywhere that I go, and so we've went from like just constantly being this whole world's on Baba's back and it's the way he stands and you know just trying to keep his family together like you said and uh, you know you go into this thing that's just completely you have to just be huge and free and you have to be playful and, and, and lots of improv and just be and it's beautiful I'm laughing my whole demeanor is different and like at the end of the day it's not that that one isn't I've just been doing the <laughs> the heavy stuff for so long and the stunts and so this has just been freaking amazing I'm like all oh, I want to do is comedy I just love it <laughs> the wardrobe he wears is pretty it's not far from the wardrobe you're wearing I mean minus the horns it's basically I mean, it's everything I love yeah it's like yeah. pink and fantastical yeah. yeah and it's Trish Somerville who did C2 okay and she also just she was up for the Oscar for uh, Mank uh-huh. so it's beautiful yeah we have a phenomenal um, you know wardrobe and yeah I got these horns teeth I get the claws. Oh, really cool fun fact. So one of my favorite things I had when I was I wanted when I was a kid was remember those those leather gloves called claws? They're skateboard gloves. Oh yeah, yeah. So I came across like a stack of six of them, and uh, I've been I've been collecting them on eBay for a roll someday. And so I wear claws in the film. In the film, which is rad because I just it's like it's just an homage to my old when I was. Just love skateboarding when I was little, so it's got the cushion of soy, like just his whole like childhood thing. So I'm just adding those things, and then 
yeah, it's just fun. There's like a bunch of you know bands, Metallica, and Rage Against the Machines, all these things on these pins. And so you're able to pull stuff just from your own childhood. Yeah, build this character. Yeah, and I'm like purple boots with my 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 toes or my uh, my claws are coming out of the front of the boots. Uh-huh. It's fun, man, and uh, super just silly. You jump from there into Sweet Girl for Netflix, which is a complete different type yeah. of story. Yeah, that was really rooted in something that I want. I you know I wanted to do something that was set now you know just an average normal man now this is a revenge thriller where yep. where you're playing cooper a shattered husband seeking to avenge the death death of your wife yep. uh, your character's wife and then while keeping your daughter safe yeah the whole uh, aspect of just like you know how far would a man go to keep his family together and it's really you know once he loses his wife to cancer and then there's you know pharmaceutical companies that withhold certain drugs to make those other drugs more expensive, they withhold those, and so you know, just the the people who can't afford to keep their families alive. And so we wanted to play with the the notion that you know his his, his wife is taken from him, and uh, he goes pretty deep and gets to the side of you know political side that what behind the big pharma. Mm-hmm. So uh, we shot that. We shot that in Pittsburgh, which was amazing. We shot that. I think it was last year. Now it feels like two years, but and uh, my best friend in the whole world. So he's the DP of everything that I've shot. My producing partner, and he moved up to directing. And Brian Mendoza, and he's my partner. And it was his directional debut, and it was amazing. And this was um, it was also pro- it was produced by you, by Friday Jim. Yeah, yeah, it was produced by us. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, we had some writers that came to us with the with the story, and we modified certain things and then we went interviewed a bunch of different directors and I go buddy it's just me and you let's do it I mean normally yeah. it's me and you anyway so yeah what, what's driving you to get into like the production side of things because you I mean you're in all these films right now it's, you feel it's like there's a film everywhere you turn for you to do you're like you're just so busy and now you're getting involved in like that uh, or you've been involved in producing what uh, where does that come from just wanted to do you know a solid career of doing shit for you know many many years i mean i've had a pretty stable career of just doing trying to be an actor trying to get into business but it doesn't mean you don't have your own stories and things you want to do and just when that when that door got you know was slowly opening up we kicked it <laughs> kicked it open and brought all my friends with me and so you know pulled the bench up to the table and like we're going to do this and started uh that's like that's how we kind of started with road to paloma and then i just wanted I love directing. I love directing more than acting. So, um, producing stuff, you just get to, you get to tell more, you get to do more and it, it, you necessarily aren't right for the role. Um, you know, there's stories that you want to tell and show the world stories and, and even things you want to do where it's like producing, like now that I'm Aquaman, there's a bunch of things I want to heal in the, in the world. And so by using that platform, it's not just producing a movie, it's producing things that I can do to, help generally I just do the shit that I want to do right I, I really want to and take care of things it seems like you want to take care of things yeah well it's like even right now I want to we're making a show called On the Realm which is on Discovery and uh, it's going to be everything from you know building knives all the things I want to learn building knives making guitars um, you know we're going to be making some e some e cars and different and, and e bikes stuff that's environmentally friends sometimes that's just like you know racing in the sand just just everything that i kind of love and i just feel like um artisans craftsmen people that 
it just I'll never be able to live with a lifetime. God damn it, I can appreciate it. <laughs> I'll show you some stuff when we go down Shayla Road, but like really beautiful rings and necklaces and just yeah. I, but it also just encourages you in your own neighborhood. And you go like, well, forget, you know, can't get it from him, but who's my local blacksmith? Who's my local? Like, let's just check in and see who's in, you know, support your local areas. There's tons of them here. Yeah. That's when, the fun thing about traveling. You get to meet all these spots too. Like, so I love throwing tomahawks and every place I go, they're like, we have a tomahawk range. And so I'm now known as this guy. I'm like, I'm not that great at it. I mean, I'll fucking drink a beer and throw a tomahawk at something, but I'm not like yeah. <laughs> Johnny. You know what I mean? I'm not like just picking things apart, but everyone's like, yeah, I'm all those doing this. I'm like, yeah. Following your social media, people know you as like the tomahawk guy. Yeah. Right? And I'm yeah. like, I'm not that great at it, but I just, you know, I just enjoy yeah, the boys. incredible that uh, the word spreads on social media. What is it about the um, the vintage bikes? I mean, you're riding these like century old, rusty, um, unstable motorcycles. Like, there's millions of kinds of motorcycles to choose from. What's the draw to that bike? It's so simple, and I feel like I'm on a time. I feel like I'm in a, in a, on a time capsule. I feel like when you're on a hundred plus year old bike, hundred year old bike the sounds and the smells and like you know it's just when the artistry is so simple and clean beautiful lines you couldn't make anything like that nowadays it has to pass all these regulations they put all this stuff on there so i love just i love the history of uh of motorcycle racing you know i love those board track bikes yeah. those guys were freaking rock stars 100 miles an hour on a bike like that that's just a one little wobbly frame you know those i mean there's those vendrums are in every town like there's they're going with like was it 100 alcohol and those things they're just like little palms yeah you fall and it's all wood you're just getting it splintered and impaled like they were just <laughs> and the i don't even know if like they, yeah nothing. nothing yeah i didn't know if they were if they knew what they were doing but it's just those i don't know i just it, it clicks with me and i appreciate it but the thing is i don't love just like having them or getting them i want to ride them you want to ride i want to ride them. Yeah. So like, and you are but I yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and i'm not necessarily like you know i don't want they're hard to replace certain things but you want to like get it to a certain point where you get to go ride it and appreciate it and, and then you meet the whole all the friends that come with it and, and all the knowledge you gain from all like I've met so many beautiful people in the motorcycle community and they've taught me so much and so i uh just a, a fan of it and at the same time I want to be evolving with it going there's no reason we can't take that bike and make any bike there's no reason you can't like this and do that so I mean there's a little bit of that and all the road where I want to get progressive with you know, taking the old and, and, and moving with the new times so yeah and you see like some of the e-bikes and like Pan America some of those bikes like yeah. you're a fan of like the old and the new absolutely I mean you get on the live wire it's I've put the hardcore guys that are like, no way, nothing new, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they come back like little kids, face just smiling. You can't to just crank a throttle and be at 100 miles an hour, about three and a half, four seconds. You're just, and it's just a whole different sport. And there ain't nothing about it except for just being like, wow, bravo, Harley, you're at the forefront of it. You you know, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's so much fun. And a lot of the times I'll jump on these live wires and just go zip down and they're great in the city. And my guilty pleasure. And I try not to, you know, I don't ride all the time, 
but I try to leave my carbon imprint down as much as possible. But that's that one thing where I'm like, I'm a gas and oil guy, and I love to ride on these vintage bikes. At the same time, I like to really invest and have all my, you know, my trucks have been converted into E. You know, a lot of my stuff's solar, but that's that one thing where you go, sound of a goddamn, when I crank those motorcycles over, you're just going to be like, oh, bro. It's just, yeah. it's the sound when I crank that over, you're like, bro. The bike, how it was made. Yeah, man. All right, I got to ask about Dune, because I love the Dennis Villanueva, uh, everything that he's uh, done. I, I, I love the Frank Herbert novels. How stoked are you to be in this film? Bro, it is, fuck, I guess aside from Game of Thrones, like not not saying it's like the best character, but just the fact of being in the world, it's Game of Thrones and it's Dune. This movie, I've seen it twice now. I just had another screening for my friends and directors, and uh, it is fucking beautiful. Denny is... I love him madly, deeply, every movie he's done. I mean, from Arrival, the aesthetics in that, the Blade Runner, Sicario, 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 all yeah. of that. And so now Prisoners, yeah. I, he, the thing is, he called me up, and I could not believe that he was calling me. I'm like, bro, you want me to play what? And he sent me this 60-page document book of, like, visual presentation. And I'm, I'm just like, you had me at fucking hell up, bro. I'm like, there's no way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to absolutely... I'll carry your coffee. <laughs> so you play Duncan Idaho. You play uh, you're you're a, a, a of all things a sword fighting yeah. warrior. Um, it wasn't a, yeah. It's not a stretch to play Duncan. But the yeah. cool thing about Duncan is like he definitely is that a little bit of a the life in the squad. He's that Han Solo. He's that one that stirs the pot. He's that little bit of the rebel, the swashbuckling kind of you know. And he's really close to Timmy's character, and it's just. It's nice to, uh, we have this cool bond and, um, man, it's just an all-star cast to make. It's a dream. Javier Bardem is pretty much, it's like him and Benicio. So this is, those are the two top for me. So we're going with Javier and then he's actually cool. And it's just getting to hang out with him. Brolin. I love Brolin. Timothy's like my little brother. Oscar Isaacs is like my new man crush. Like that guy is, I had no idea Oscar Isaacs was going to be like that. And uh, we had the, we had a ball, man. Really? It was one of the best experiences I've had. Hans Zimmer does the music for this yeah, thing. Bro, like what, but just visually, and Rebecca Ferguson kills it. Like the whole thing is just, Batista's in it. I never got to, he plays my brother in C, but we never got to be on it. But the, we just trip out because we're like, oh my God, bro. We're in a masterpiece. Like I'm in a masterpiece. Of a film, and I'm so pumped for the world to see it. This is a character that's been played by Richard Jordan, by James Watson, by Edward Adderton. Like, did you go back to these characters and watch like these other roles, um, or how did you like? Um, how did you envelop this character? Like, Dune wasn't a. It wasn't a big movie in my life growing up. I grew up with a single mother. Yep, that's like when I played Conan. Like, did you watch you Love Arnold? No, I'm like, my mom wasn't letting me watch people get their heads lopped off and having orgies. And I was like, I was, I was a two parents were artists and painters, and it's just like that is pretty opposite for me. So, so it Dune, wasn't part of your life when you're younger, but like Dune wasn't. But no, but going back into doing the research, I'm like, no, I give it all up to the books. I mean, I do the research generally. If it's, it's yeah, you flood yourself with with uh, the source material, but. I don't generally go back and watch 
college performances. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd seen Jordanowski. There you go. So I had seen that, which is amazing. But um, yeah, no, it's really just spending time with Zinni and finding, spending time in my imagination to find those places in me that can play this, to play Idaho. Where do you go from there? I mean, you like Aquaman, Dude, Dune, two, three. I'm going to be Dune 3. Okay. I mean, like, Duncan comes, I mean, if you read the books, Duncan <laughs> yeah. comes back. So yeah. I'm like, we keep going. If you stick around, I'm like, yeah, there's Aquaman 3. There's probably Dune right now. I'm like, I'm in it. They're great characters. Uh, so you're going, you're, uh, you're, you're going to film Aquaman 2 soon. Bro. Yeah. And we wrote the, the original treatment for me and my partner. So it's pretty fun. Really? Yeah. It's treatment for two years ago. I wrote it with uh, my buddy Thomas. Like the way that you look in, in some of these it, films. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to totally turn it around here soon. So what's um, the, uh, what's the program? What's the secret to, um, to, to, I mean, it's just a lot of, ex- it's a lot of exercise to just clean food. You know, I'm a big fan of cheese and pasta, buddy. So that's a, <laughs> those aren't allowed, but I'm like, oh man, I could eat pasta every meal. But yeah, we have to, it's back into the just weights yeah. and weights and training. And but most uh, of that's too, just to get prepared for the amount of action because you just stunts. Yeah. If you didn't end up in film, if you didn't end up back, I mean, thankfully you did, but mm-hmm. you're, not, you're not an actor, you're not making films. What? What's your, what's your dream job? Like, what did you, when I grew up, I want to be, what was it? I was a marine biologist. And so it's really cool to be able to come back and obviously be Aquaman. And, um, so marine biology, wildlife biology, a science major, environmental studies, tried doing my best to try to save the world. Um, that was where my heart was. And then climbing. So, you know, teaching people climbing, guiding, having a climbing gym. Like that was kind of my, what I want to do. Right. Or, you know, making beer. Or making beer. A brewer. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing music and making beer. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but now you built your own production company, like this Pride of Gypsies. Like it's basically, it's a collection of like all your friends and yeah. the people that you love and admire to yeah. work with to do the things that you love. Yes. Yeah. And, and be able to, you know, collaborate with other production companies and other brands to tell beautiful stories in a way that I think people are craving and want and what I want and asking brands to come to that level and try to change bigger brands and try to change people's minds and viewpoints and with the power of filmmaking, which is the ultimate art form to me. It's like red, yellow, and blue, or, you know, it's painting, music, uh, painting, music, and writing. And then everything else is just little purple and pink and turquoise and <laughs> it's it's you know those those three things where you're taking music your soundtrack and your sound design and you're taking your images you're putting it with a great script and you can change people's viewpoints to this to this art form called film and cinema that's what I'm in for and that's what I love being moved by and being transported out of small town Iowa and being able to see the world and, and change one kid's mind about something. I'm excited to inspire and, and, and make great stories. Thanks for joining us in this week's episode of One on One. Don't forget to subscribe and check back in for more exclusive interviews. 